if I go into, say, one of the local merchants to buy clothes for someone with dementia, and that person is picking things up and maybe throwing them on the floor, that could end up being looked like shoplifting. Hi, I'm Bobby. I'm a caregiver support group leader, a certified caregiving consultant, and a certified caregiving educator. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here, we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, and we all know that laughter is the best medicine. And don't forget the wine, Mike. Oh, no, you know I'll never forget the wine. You know, when we were caring for your dad, we almost never left the house. And part of that was because we were uncomfortable having him out in the public because of his dementia. He was also extremely introverted and very cautious about looking foolish in front of other people. He was a very proud man um, and he'd had so many issues with various health problems throughout his life. He was super sensitive to maybe people were laughing at him and that coupled with his being a, a, a natural uh, introvert an extreme introvert so to speak um we were basically shut-ins during the time uh that we were caring for so my that dad. brings us to today's guest who resides in alexandria virginia she is the alexandria commission on aging chair alexandra strategic planning committee past chair and dementia-friendly Alexandria lead. Uh, welcome, Jane King. Hi, Jane. Hello. Thank you so much for being a part of this today. You know, I may have mentioned it to you when we spoke before that Mike and I were in on the very early stages of uh, bringing dementia-friendly America to Herndon, Virginia. Um, so we're a, we're a little bit aware of what it is that Dementia Friendly America does. And personally, I think it's so critical and so important that, that we offer these resources to the community. Often when I speak to people, I tell them there is an entire uh, invisible community of caregivers in those with dementia that are rarely seen, which is one of the reasons why people don't seem to understand how fast this is growing and how many people are affected. So again, welcome to our show, and we would love to talk to you about Dementia-Friendly America and the work that you're doing in Alexandria and how people might bring that to their own communities. Okay, well, the goal of Dementia-Friendly Alexandria is to create safe and respectful communities throughout the country, respectful of people with dementia and, of course, of their caregivers. And what Bobby just described about her uh, father-in-law is exactly the kind of situation we know that so many people with dementia and their caregivers are living through. And that is kind of homebound and not feeling comfortable to go out in their community. And the whole point of Dementia Friendly America and all the work it's doing with communities is to better integrate people with dementia and their caregivers into the community. So how do you do that? Dementia Friendly America's approach is to provide all the tools necessary 
to a community who wants to, who wishes to become dementia friendly. Um, and the whole idea of the community becoming dementia friendly is that the whole community would be educated about what dementia entails. In other words, really just understanding the experience of someone with dementia. And as um, Sandy Markwood, who is the executive director of the National Association of Area Agencies on Aging, which leads this effort, says, we want people to walk towards someone with dementia and not away from them. Oh, wow, that is such a, that is such a powerful statement right there. Isn't that because sometimes somebody will see someone with dementia and their behavior is a little strange and they, they walk away and they don't understand. So that, that's, that's an interesting point in itself. Thank you. I think it's such a way, great way to describe what those of us working uh, with dementia friendly and in, in our own communities are trying to do. Um, so dementia-friendly dementia America does this in a variety of ways. Um, it, it, number one, and I think this is very important, encourages communities to involve the entire community, both individuals and all the organizations that are important. So a community that wants to become dementia-friendly should be working with residential services. In other words, residents that may house people with dementia, uh, legal and financial planning, the faith-based community, of course, to help the faith-based community understand how to communicate with those who are part of the community who may have dementia and of course their caregivers. So if somebody is going to church on Sunday and they notice um, they want to bring their, their father or their spouse who has dementia, who you know, had a deep faith and used to go to church all the time, but may feel uncomfortable. Exactly, and the whole idea would be to create an environment with that, where that person could feel comfortable whether it's within the context of regular services in some other way. Uh, but, but it, and, and what's involved in that is educating the faith-based uh, community how to communicate with people with um, dementia. So what do you do? Do you go to the local pastor or the priest and you sit down and you talk to them? Or how, how do you educate them? One of the things that dementia-friendly um, America offers, and I think this may be of most interest to the people who participate in your uh, podcast, is Dementia Friends USA. Dementia Friends US, uh, USA is, I guess we could call it an offspring of a program that was created by the Alzheimer's Association of, of the uh, UK. And, and what it does is provide education to individuals or to organizations about what basically what a person with dementia, no matter what the cause is, it could be Alzheimer's, it could one of one of the other um, diseases that causes uh, dementia. So the basic is, approach is to teach, or I really should say, inform communities about what that 
experience of dementia is because if people understand the experience, they can understand how to communicate with someone who has it. And I will give you an example. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is done through information sessions or, uh, for example, the caregivers who are participating in this podcast could do it um, online. The inf the inf there's an hour information session that is provided uh, in communities who offer it. I understand they're available in communities in 22 states. So basically, I can give you a couple of ideas of the kinds of information you walk away with if you do one of these, listen to one of these information sessions. Number one, you learn not to argue. And I know my own mother had dementia and Three decades ago, I used to argue with her all the time. Uh, that's important. One of the things I learned when I first listened to an information session was that the, the, one of the last things to disappear from the brains of somebody with dementia is their capacity to understand or feel emotion. And I thought that was so important. But, but the basic issue with these information sessions is they update people on what is understood about dementia now. So the kinds of uh, groups that, for example, we've used the information sessions for is to teach police, the, the police department these things. As you can well understand, so, a, a, a police officer who is first encountering somebody with dementia may just think they're being obstinate, resistant, etc. Uh, we've actually had a couple of situations where things did not go well with law enforcement. And again, that's because they didn't understand what was going on. Um, one of the people in my caregiver support group, uh, who was in her 70s, taking care of her mom in her 90s, mom got physically aggressive, um, the neighbor noticed it, called Adult Protective Services, um, because she, mom was actually physically assaulting her 70-year-old daughter. The police were called in, and um, this officer said to this woman in her 70s, what's the matter? Can't you defend yourself against a 90-year-old woman? And her response was, this is my mother. I am not going to physically respond to this. And what he said to her was, then what do you want me to do? And her response was, I want you to leave. Oh, I don't because blame her. Oh, my Lord. not understand what the problem right. is. Right. That's so interesting, Bobby, because um, that's what the information sessions are for. And I know in Alexandria, we cut back what we wanted to get across to the police department for 15 minutes during one of their, their uh, training sessions. Uh, but I think we imparted an extremely important message to the entire police department has been engaged in learning this. We also did it with the sheriff's department because of course they, they encounter um, all of us all the time. We see the sheriffs everywhere. We've done this with many faith-based uh, communities, churches. Um, I don't think we've done our synagogues yesterday, but they're there to be scheduled. Sooner or later, we will be doing information um, sessions with financial institutions, with with restaurants, with banks, 
because what we really want to do is educate the entire community. We have already also established an Alexandria website that is especially useful to caregivers that will be provided to podcast participants, I know, by you, Bobby. Um, so, so the whole idea is to reach deeply into the community so many more people would be comfortable to walk toward rather than away from. Yeah, the least, the worst thing we could do is isolate people. Um, I think Mike has a question or comment. Sure. Well, you, you know, Jane, what, what you said is very important. The ability, knowing how to communicate with, the, with people with dementia. Uh, it has been my experience, whether it's somebody with a learning disability or uh, whatever, some type of disability, when you understand that that disability exists, your patience level goes from five to 105 almost immediately. And you become this wonderfully patient person trying to interact with the individual itself. So reaching out as a community as a whole or businesses being a dementia friendly business in the community is extremely significant because now the person with the with dementia isn't embarrassed to go out you're not embarrassed to be with them because people understand and it's so very very important what you're doing and that um the uh community becomes aware of this and basically communities are people one-on-one -on -one. if if i go into say one of the local merchants to buy clothes for someone with dementia and that person is picking things up and maybe throwing them on the floor or, or you know, taking groups of shirts and, you know, trying to take them up to the cashier and not understanding what was going on. That could end up with being looked like shoplifting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's that misunderstanding. And one of the interesting parts of the information session is that description of how long it can take for somebody with dementia to understand what someone's saying. It can take 20 seconds, it can take a minute. So right. we, have to, we have to learn to, to engage that and wait for the person with dementia to respond. Um, I would also like uh, to explain how a community becomes a dementia-friendly community. Yes. Sure. Um, 40 states now have at least one community that's dementia friendly and I think some of your participants would like to check the Dementia Friendly uh, America website to see if their community is engaged. If not, you don't start out necessarily buying, uh, by being dementia friendly. Becoming a dementia friendly community means that is your goal and in order to become a dementia-friendly community, you have to write a memo explaining your reasons. You have to engage three of the segments of the community. I mentioned some of them, you know, such as financial institutions, the health institutions, um, maybe your division of aging, but what you need three segments, specific segments of your community uh, and supportive letters from them with the memo and with your proposed program, and then you send it to Dementia Friendly America 
or actually to your state lead if there is one, and then your community can be designated dementia-friendly Alexandria or whatever your community name is. Um, and what's wonderful about it was you can launch with your mayor, your city council, your board, bring your government into it because they're a major um, segment to be, bring into this. I was just going to bring that up. I know with the dementia-friendly Herndon, there was a proclamation by the mayor of Herndon, and it was put forth to the um, not only the um, mayor's office, but also the council. And their buy-in was so very, very crucial, very, very critical. And once the businesses saw that, the businesses started to one at a time, two at a time, four at a time, becoming um, dementia-friendly interested. Right. And I know Herndon, which is a nearby community to Alexandria, right. has a, a dementia-friendly restaurant. And, that, and, and that's a great goal for any dementia-friendly community, that a caregiver and family and the person with dementia can feel comfortable in a restaurant environment. And I think Herndon may have um, dinners or lunches at least once a month. It's, it's a great idea. It really gives you an idea of what a dementia-friendly community can become. Um, I think if any of you are interested, please go to the Dementia Friendly America website but even more important in my mind for your immediate interest is um, Dementia Friends uh, USA um, and taking a look at what the information section, can, where they're available or becoming a dementia friend yourself. And right now, once, once you are educated either through the information sessions that are provided uh, within communities they're provided by people who've been educated themselves for three hours. I, I am one and I'm called a dementia champion. <laughs> or, <laughs> or you can become a dementia friend online and that website will be, that link will be provided to you. Uh, but that provides the background and will give caregivers a great idea of how some communities are being educated. And you know, kind of the one of the bottom lines here, one of the takeaways I would think is when you know better, you do better. Oh. And the more people out in our world who know better, yes, the more comfortable all of us are gonna be in taking care of those that need care. Yes, and, and one example I would love to provide you is uh, and this will be included in what's sent to your participants. There is a community in, um, it, it called Bruges, um, which, has, which has a wonderful two minute video available. But Bruges, B-R-U-G-E-S, is considered the most dementia friendly community in the world. But it will, wow. it will give you an idea of how wonderful a community that takes this very seriously can become. It helps persons with dementia to be somewhat more independent. 100 stores in Bruges, which has a, a population of about 115,000, I believe, 100 stores are dementia friendly. In other words, 
a person could even walk in on his or her, her own with dementia and the storekeeper or the clerk will help that person. This video is only two minutes long. To me, it, it has become my ideal of what I want Alexandria to be like in five years after we've had all kinds of time to do our groundwork. But I would encourage all of you to look at that. It, it kind of is upbeat. I also would encourage you to look at the Alzheimer's Association website for how to manage a person with dementia during our uh, COVID-19 um, situation or uh, problem, because we understand certainly that that can cause additional difficulties with people with dementia. So, so Jane, if there's a community in the process of becoming dementia friendly, and you have two or three businesses that are, for lack of a better word, maybe in my vocabulary, uh, a business that's certified as dementia friendly, how would people know that? You know what they've done? That is such a good question, Mike, because we're gonna have to work that out in, in Alexandria. But if you look at the uh, Bruges video, um, you will see they have a folded handkerchief icon or logo that they put in the retail establishments that are dementia friendly. Um, and this has worked so well that this actually shocked me that a person who visited Bruges came back, told a friend in Alexandria that you wouldn't believe it, Bruges is dementia friendly. And she had no idea that this would exist here. In other words, it made such an impact but she came home after visiting and reported it to someone else. Uh, that's how much of an impact it makes there. The visitor comes back understanding what's going on there. I found that amazing. And hopefully that would encourage them to try to get something started in their local community. Exactly, exactly. The ripple effect, so to speak. Right. I, th I think Dementia Friendly America and its work and uh, Dementia Friends USA can make a huge difference. Absolutely. Now, is Dementia Friendly America a nonprofit, a 501c3? Um, yes, I believe so. It's actually administered by the National Association of Area Agencies on Aging. So it may well be under a, a, a program under uh, N4A, it's called N4A's Management and therefore would be part of N4A. Okay. So if somebody wanted to donate, they would be able to donate exactly. to Dementia Friendly? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's through Dementia Friendly America, and it, uh, yes, yes. Okay. That sounds really good. So, Jane, you've given us a whole lot of food for thought. Um, it's been, uh, to me, a very incredible conversation, although we've been familiar with it, still gleaned a whole lot of knowledge from you. And certainly thank you for participating in our podcast and providing the information to our listeners. Thank you for inviting me. Um, thank you, Jane. It took me a while to find you, but I'm glad that I did. And uh, you, you and I will be talking again before too long. Stay home. Okay, stay you healthy. too. Thank you. Bye now. Take care. Bye. So we touched on a lot of topics. Um, let's take a moment and kind of 
step back and review a couple of the points that we discussed. One of the things that I found very interesting, and again, every time we have one of these podcasts, I get that aha moment and that quote. And her saying at the very beginning, walk towards someone with dementia instead of walking away. That is so, so important to do. Um, and also the uh, trying to encourage the entire community to become dementia friendly. And something that we've touched on on a number of other podcasts is don't argue with somebody with dementia. You're not going to win. You have to go where they are. They don't have the ability to come to where you and are. And perhaps one of the um, goals in teaching people out in the community um, to respond to dementia would be instructing them on one of the things that I teach people is to find the yes to reduce the stress for you and the person in care by um, meeting them where they are right. and responding to what their feelings are as much as what they're saying. And again, because as, um, as she said, they never lose the ability to feel and have emotions. Right. And social interaction actually helps um, with cognitive function. So we're, we're, we're helping them stay where they are when we do this. So you can find more information about Jane and Dementia Friendly America on our show website at rogerthat.show. This is Roger That, and I'm Bobby. And I'm her husband, Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes, please post a review, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know how we can help, or if you have a question that you'd like for us to address, or just a general question for your own personal information, uh, please post it on the Roger That Facebook page. To find out more about us or where Bobby will be speaking next, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. You can find out more about HCA on our website or go to hearingcharities.org.